Welcome to the Yukon RUF podcast. RUF at Yukon is a ministry that relies completely on the financial support of churches and individuals like you in order to serve the Yukon community. You can support RUF at Yukon by going to ruf.org slash Yukon. Thanks, Megan. Thanks for coming, guys, and being here on the Zoom and uh, being part of RUF. It's a privilege to know each one of you and uh, especially to really know you, to walk with you through all kinds of things in life. And um, you guys know that at RUF, we care a lot about community uh, and also the church, which is exciting because Tonight we get to talk about the church and what it's all about, and um, in our series in the Apostles' Creed, which we're winding down now, uh, we're uh, getting to the we get to the point now where it says, "I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints," and uh, that's a big one. So there's a lot to explore. In that, and uh, to do it, we're going to look at First Peter chapter 2. So, Sophie will post it up there, and I'll read it for us. Um, it says, As you come to him, Jesus, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Uh, They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. But you are a royal uh, chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his precious light, into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. All right, so we're talking about the church, and the church is probably the least popular part about Christianity, right? Like, if you think about it, it's the part that, uh, you know, we like uh, all the other parts a lot more, typically. But, you know, when it comes to caring about the church and committing to the church, uh, that's where it gets kind of hard, and we struggle with it. And so I want to talk about the church tonight and why RUF is about the church. And it's because, you know, we believe that Jesus was all about the church. And if you were here last week, uh, you know, we talked about the Holy Spirit. And, you know, Jesus uh, ascended into heaven and he sent his spirit. And the reason he sent his spirit was to build the church. Uh, that's exactly uh, what we could say that the church is like where history was always headed. Uh, so much so that uh, one of the ancient church fathers, Cyprian, actually said, you can't have God as your father without having the church as your mother. And so uh, the church to us is really important. And in the, in the Bible, it's really important. And so I want to just start off by thinking about kind of basically like what is the church? What is church? 
And uh, at its most basic, it means those that are called out. Uh, it's a Greek word, ekklesia, and it means literally called out ones. Uh, and we see it in this passage. We read uh, about a chosen race. Uh, it said, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Uh, once you had not received mercy, but now you've received mercy. Uh, There's a really interesting documentary. You can watch it on Amazon Prime right now for free if you have an account. And it's called Dark Days. Anybody, show of hands, seen the documentary Dark Days? I doubt it. It's pretty, like, uh, niche. But uh, it's an amazing story of, in the 90s, uh, there was a homeless community living in the Amtrak tunnels of Penn Station in New York City. And, you know, it's like way down, you have to like go down a whole, you know, who knows how they even found this place, but uh, way down in like the bowels of Penn Station, under the Amtrak tunnels, uh, these homeless people found a place to live. And there were electrical outlets down there, but it was dark and gross, dirty, rats, loud. Uh, really not a good place to live, but because these people were homeless, they uh, set up shop down there, and uh, some even built homes, like out of cardboard and wood and things like that. Uh, Some lived down there for five, six, seven years, Um, and it was really just this almost like a a small town uh, living under these tunnels, and uh, at the beginning, of the, so the documentary follows, you know, just like explores, like, what is this community of homeless people that's living under the tunnels? And, you know, so it's following these guys around at the beginning, like they're showing the camera crew, like where they live and how they make it work. And yeah, there's some electrical outlets so they can do things like watch movies. Sometimes they collect different things and they just, this is their lifestyle. And one of the guys says at the beginning, says, you'd be surprised what the human mind and the human body can adjust to. And, uh, and you know, they're like, you know, we have it pretty good. Like, I don't really want to leave. And uh, it follows them for a while. And at the end of the movie, uh, Amtrak actually kicks them out. And uh, thankfully, the city of New York agrees to house these people in actual apartments. So they go from, like, living, like, six years homeless in, like, a gross, like, basement tunnel thing uh to living in just like a normal apartment and it you know they're so they're interviewing them at the end and these guys are the same guys that were saying like yeah this is pretty good you know it's not that bad uh are now saying you know like when i think back about who i was then in my life then he says those were dark days And another guy says, man, that was, you know, like at the time I didn't see it, but that was a nightmare, like what I was living compared to now. And, uh, you know, really that's the story, you know, for those of us that follow Jesus, uh, those of us that Jesus uh, has made alive, we are people that begin to look back on our life without Jesus, uh, the life we used to live, the life with no hope in the same way where we say, you know what, like I thought it was good. But living with Jesus is so much better. And really, that's what the church is. It's a community of people that remember the old life without Jesus and are now living together with Jesus. And uh, kind of central to this idea is that being a, being a Christian alone was never the way it was supposed to be. Like we live in a really individual, individualistic society today. Uh, but uh, 
this idea of like a lone Christian was never part of what was intended. Um, it doesn't work actually. Like you can't actually just be alone and following Jesus or thrive at least. And, uh, and so uh, Jesus actually gives us each other uh, to walk this journey with those of us who have been called out of our old lives. And uh, in the creed, it uses this phrase, holy Catholic church, which means holy means set apart. Uh, Catholic is not referring to Roman Catholic at all, but it's just referring to the word Catholic meaning universal, uh, meaning all Christians all throughout the world at all times. And I'll just take a moment to point out, since this is like something we can't get away from in the news, uh, that uh, the church was always meant to be like every corner of the earth, every tribe, every tongue, every nation. And any conception of Christianity like that exists in some part of America today that would like limit it to certain races and types of people uh, is just totally opposite from what Jesus uh, is about. Uh, so uh, I'll leave it at that. But I thought it was important to say, uh, given just like what goes on in the news every day, seemingly these days. But um, I hope you noticed in... Uh, the passage, this illustration of like a spiritual house, that's, you know, this idea of Jesus being the cornerstone and, and we're all being built up as a spiritual house. Like, you know, we're each different. Imagine like every member of the church is a different stone in this like a massive building that's being built. And that's really what the communion, that idea of the communion of saints is about. It's about uh, all of us being connected to each other because we're connected to Jesus within the church. So that's what it's about. So much so that uh, when Jesus uh, meets the apostle Paul and, uh, he, you know, at that point, his name is Saul and he's persecuting the church. He is tr- devoting his life to ending the church. Uh, he's finding anyone involved in the church and delivering them over uh, to be imprisoned. And when Jesus meets him, he says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And, you know, if you were there, you would be like, you know, you might be like, you know, Jesus, like he's not persecuting you. He's like finding people in the church and persecuting them. And Jesus would say, what's the difference? Uh, That's how united Jesus is to his people. And that's what we mean by the communion of saints. So, uh, you know, this uh, body of people that are so uh, intimately tied to Jesus and to each other. Uh, So that's what the church is, you know, those who are called out uh, into community. And the big question then is called out for what? Uh, Why are we called out into the church? And the answer that this passage gives is to represent God together. Um, In verse 5, we saw the spiritual house and it talks about a holy priesthood. And verse 9 says a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And, you know, and there is royal, uh, like a king. You know, it's talking about the status. It's talking about this idea that we talked about earlier in the semester about like God creating us to be his representatives. So in the same way that 
President Biden now might want Vice President Harris to like go do things in different places on his behalf, and she would be representing him as president. So the things she says、uh, need to be a reflection of the things he wants her to say, the message that they have together.、Uh, she represents him that way, and the church is called to represent God in the same way,、uh, to speak in the way that God would speak to the culture. Uh, to be to put God's character on display, and sadly, you know, this is often done quite poorly in the church.、Uh, I'm sure there are some of us here that have felt burned by the church at one point or another, or at least、uh, not treated the best by the church. And you know, all I can say about that is that it's very sad.、Uh, it's not the way it's supposed to be,、uh, but it doesn't negate the fact that it's what we're called to. And it's not—we're not just called to represent God, but the second part of that is royal priesthood.、Uh, a kingdom of priests is another way that's translated. And you know, a priest in the Bible was someone who connected God to man. A priest was the mediator.、Uh, so in the Old Testament, there were these sacrifices that、uh, were required to come into God's presence, or washings that were required. And the people in, in charge of that were the priests. And so what this is saying now, when it says that the church is a priesthood, is that the church functions in the same way.、Um, the church is how you connect to God. It's a big deal.、Uh, when Christians are gathered together, and they all have the Holy Spirit, something happens when that happens. God is there in a way that He's not actually there at other times. Like you know, He's there among His people in a way that's more powerful and more profound than He is whenever when you get up on a mountain top alone and look out. As great as that can be,、uh, Jesus is most present among His people. And Jesus actually says this in Matthew eighteen. He says, "Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am." It means that he's more present with his people than he is when it's just you.、Uh, and this is why we want RUF to be a community. This is why we play games and go out and do things. And this is why we read the Bible together too and have large group. And why you know we don't just like email you out a Bible message every week and tell you to do it on your own,、uh, because we believe that God can actually be powerfully present、uh, as we gather.、Uh, you may not always feel that again. You know, I don't always feel like the powerful presence of God、uh, at church. I do sometimes, but、uh, it doesn't mean it's not true.、Uh, it doesn't mean we can't work to make our church more like this. And I'll just say a brief, you know, something that I think bugs people about the church today is that you know, like why, like people are. More and more anti, like organized religion, you know, like、uh, institutional church, you know. So people are about like Jesus and stuff, but maybe not about like you know. I'm not into the institution of the church and the organization. And、uh, what I want to say to you is that like the mission, the purpose,、uh, what Jesus is doing is so important、uh, that it's worth being really specific about. Uh, it's worth like putting thought into and organizing because what's at stake is the presence of God being put out there to people.、Uh, so, for instance, in my church, the Presbyterian Church, we ordain ministers. So, I'm an ordained minister, which means 
uh, I've been tested. I've like people have observed me in action prior to when I was able to be ordained. Uh, they make sure I believe the same things, for instance, about the church uh, that our church believes, so that. Uh, this mission of God's presence being out there is preserved. Uh, in the same way, we have membership in our church. You know, like formal, like you you can join the church and be a member. And the reason for that is the same. It's that we want to make sure in our church uh, that we can keep track of you, that we can be there for you, that we can shepherd you and point you in the direction you want to go. And RUF falls under that too. You know, like RUF is not the church. I think we say that a lot. Uh, but we're kind of like an outpost of the church on the campus. And, you know, RUF exists uh, as, you know, part of a bigger church. And uh, it's under the authority of the church. And the good thing about that is that uh, there can't be, you know, if there's an RUF, that means that there's a pastor who's been trained and ordained in charge of it. And if you went to RUF on the West Coast, uh, it would be the exact same message as RUF here. And we believe that's good. And again, the reason for that uh, is that uh, what God is doing through the church is too important just to kind of like freewheel it, uh, we believe. So uh, that's what we're called out for, to represent God together. And it's an amazingly important and task and the biggest honor uh, God could ever call a people to. But Uh, I want us just to close and thinking about how we represent him. How does the church represent God together? And I'll just say three ways. Uh, First of all, in our worship. Uh, We represent God in our worship. Um, I know that we normally think of like singing when we worship. Won't it be nice to return to singing soon uh, together like we used to? Um, But singing is considered worship because the word worship comes from the word worth the word of value. And it's a way to show God's value, you know, because there's very few things you will sing to, <laughs> like you only sing to certain people. And uh, so we sing to God to show his value. But, you know, what worship is more broadly about is what do you value? You know, how do you spend your money? How do you spend your time, etc. And part of the reason the church often fails is because we say we worship God And what we really worship is things like status or things like comfort or things like wealth. Um, So uh, what I want to pose to you guys is, you know, what if RUF was a place where people could just observe our community and conclude that Jesus must be everything? You know, wouldn't that be amazing if people could just come into an RUF and be like, man, Jesus is everything to those people. Uh, That's what we're called to. So we represent him in our worship, but we also represent him in our love. Um, I know that you guys know that the world is a loveless place for a lot of people. And there's a lot of people at UConn that feel that, like this semester in particular. And so uh, we want RUF to be a community of love because we believe the church is meant to be a community of love. Um, not in the sense of like, oh, we all have this lovey feeling toward each other. Uh, but I mean, in the sense that we take care of each other in costly ways. And because Jesus has paid the ultimate cost to draw us in. Um, I like that idea of us taking care of each other in costly ways. Um, 
one thing I love about our group me is that every now and then someone will like post something like, hey, as a favor, like I'm taking this class and I need like seven people to fill out this form or something like that. And it just like happens. And it's just like, it's the beauty of RUF, right? There's this community of people that just like do things for each other. And it, like, it's a pain to ask people. And most people don't have that at UConn. Like, you know, this place where I can just be like, hey, I need some help. And there's people willing to help, you know, and that's a tiny example. Uh, but most people, I think, don't have that. Uh, I'll give you bigger examples in the broader church. For instance, in my church, uh, if money is tight, there's money available that all of us contribute to. Uh, in my church, if you're moving, like an army of people will show up to help you move. Uh, in my church, if you're sick or you have a baby or life is hard, an army of people will show up and deliver you meals uh, so you don't have to cook, right? Who wouldn't want to be part of that? Um, you know, and... I want us to think about, again about like the church being Catholic or universal. Like the church is everywhere now. And it's amazing because like you could move across the world and there would be Christians there waiting to welcome you because that's how Jesus has been at work. Uh, no matter where you move, there should be pe people waiting to love you. And honestly, I don't know how people move to new places uh, without the church. Okay, so we represent them in our worship, our love. And finally, we represent him in our welcome. Uh, sadly, again, the church is not always the most welcoming place, and that is just a failure. Uh, the church is meant to be a welcoming place. And if you're not, if the church is not a welcoming place, it's because they've forgotten who they are. The called out ones. The ones who once lived in darkness but have been brought into the light right? Church, the one thing church is not for is good people. Like if you're a good person, don't go to church because you'll mess it up. Uh, it's for bad people who have been called out of darkness into light. And that means anyone can come uh, because all we are is beggars showing other beggars where we found bread. Uh, that's the church. That's what the church is meant to be. That's what we want RUF to be about. Wouldn't that be great if that was like our mantra? All we are is beggars inviting other beggars to come uh, find bread like the way we found bread. And uh, that's why we invite people. That's why I encourage you guys to invite people and not just people we like, you know, that's why we invite all people in. That's why, you know, in a few weeks, we're going to like start talking about outreach for next year. Uh, hopefully, like we'll be in person fully next year. And, you know, at the end of every year, we start talking about outreach for the next year and how we can reach people and bring people in and make RUF something that more people can experience. And welcoming is hard. Uh, because it takes work and sometimes we like things how they are like continually bringing new people into a group changes the group always uh, and it's hard so how can we do it uh, we can only do it when we remember our story and our story is one of being a reject uh, easter is coming up and easter candy is on the way anybody into easter candy uh, I'm a big fan of the Jelly Bellies myself, and uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of these, but they have these things called belly flops, which are like deformed Jelly Bellies <laughs> that you can get at a discount price, and uh, 
they look really weird and you can see why no one like the shape is just it doesn't you have no idea what you're looking at when you see these things and so they're sold at like a huge discount because like who would want that on easter or anytime and uh, you know that's our story uh, our story is that we're people that no one should want, and Jesus does want. Uh, Jesus loves belly flops. Uh, he died, he rose again, and he sent his spirit so he could scoop us up, uh, so he could have us as his treasure, as his people. And uh, I just want to read again something that I read at church this Sunday, if you were there, because it kind of epitomizes what our story is and highlights the amazingness of Jesus' love for us. Listen to how this author, Dane Ortland describes the love of Jesus for his people. He says, When we were running from God as fast as we could, building our own kingdoms and loving our own glory, lapping up the fraudulent pleasures of the world, repulsed by the beauty of God, and shutting up our ears at his calls to come home, it was then in the hollowed out horror of that revolting existence that the Prince of Heaven bade his adoring angels farewell. It was then that he put himself into the murderous hands of these very rebels in a divine strategy planned from eternity past to rinse muddy sinners clean and hug them into his own heart, despite their squirmy attempt to get free and scrub themselves clean on their own. Christ went down into death. We applauded. We couldn't have cared less. We were weak sinners, enemies. The church is the place for rejects uh, because Jesus is the reject. Uh, The passage we read says, uh, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Uh, He was rejected so that we could be accepted. And with that in mind, let's go be the church at Yukon and everywhere else we go. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would make us, uh, this group uh, of people that represents you faithfully at Yukon and wherever we go. We pray uh, that you would do Uh, amazing things through us as we gather and as we uh, spend time on the campus. And I pray that we would experience your presence among us uh, in tangible, powerful ways so that we might be changed, uh, so that we might come to delight in being your people more and more. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.